2019, a crack comedy unit was sent to prison by a military court for a mime they didn't commit to. The pair promptly escaped from their maximum maturity charade to the analogous lower bound. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of solution. If you have a problem, if Google cannot help, and if you subscribe to them, maybe you can ask a problem squared. The Hannibal of this show is Matt Parker, because he is a natural leader, has an inflappable demeanour, and loves it when a land comes together. Hey, that I do, I do. While I am the B.A. Baracus, because I like milk, dislike flying, and I pity the fool who chooses to do a podcast with me. Also, the B.A. stands for Beck Awesome Hill. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not. You do pity a lot of fools. Yeah. I also have never watched the A-Team. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I've watched a lot of the A-Team. And I, it was one of those things where I've, I've tried to rhyme or at least uh, hit the same syllables in the words that I uh, replaced from the original. I don't know how much people will appreciate that, but uh, there it is. I was quite proud of Analogous Lower Bound instead of Los Angeles Underground. That's very nice. Very, very nice. And much like the A-Team, often our podcast ends in a massive car crash. <laughs> but we just we just saunter out. We're fine. Dust yeah, ourselves yeah. off. And we're always falling into boxes. We fall into boxes a lot. Jump out yeah. of windows into more boxes. Yeah, we should have. A, we should bring out an annual. Do you remember when TV shows had an annual? I do. A little activity book. We should do that. Problem squared yeah, annual. Problem squared annual. Oh my goodness. There we go. There's some merch ideas. <laughs> it's a, a solid intro, and you got merch ideas. Yeah, yeah. We need to up our Patreon game. <laughs> we, there we go. Yeah. Get yourselves in a problem yeah. squared activity book. Would you buy one? Tell us. Tell us. At a problem squared on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> if you can find us. Hey, hey, I see what you uh, did there. Yeah. That's from the, from the intro. That's from the intro. In this episode. I've been on a search for sets of five words with five letters. I'm going to improve your improvisation. And we have uh, any other cheeseness. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. It's any other business, but one of them, this thing about cheese, we're going to do. Yum, yum, yum. Matt, how have you been since the last episode? I've been good. Been um, making videos, changing lives. Oh, yes. The yeah. usual. I, yeah. I, I, you know this. I don't watch your videos as much as I should. No, that's fine. That's that's the correct amount of watching my videos. No, it, no, I don't say that to your fans. No, it is. Well, you think, it, actually, I was talking to someone about this today, um, my office mate, about the etiquette, if you're friends with YouTubers, mm. how much you watch their videos. Mm. And the kind of the, the, the general consensus is not all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, I do occasionally watch them. I really like them. Like, I genuinely enjoy watching them. But yeah. I tend to watch your things when they come up and I go, oh, yeah, he talked about that briefly. Oh, I was like, oh, I know he was like, in Antarctica. You're doing Let's it see as a uh, professional obligation. No, no, just as in like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I wanted to know more about that. But I, because I, I know a lot of YouTubers, but I don't think I am friends with any YouTuber where I watch every video on their channel. See, I don't even watch YouTube that much. I, see, I watch a problem. lot of YouTube. Yeah. So actually, I am in a position to be able to, let's say, watch every Steve Mould video. Mm. But a lot of them I'm like, nah, I don't know what he's going to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve. Yeah, you like Steve. You like what yeah. Steve likes. I get it. I got but enough you Steve get in my life Steve. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel about you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. 
<laughs> yeah, so I never expect anyone to have watched all my videos. Did you watch the Drake one, the meme? So I didn't, but I didn't. saw the meme Perfect. on Twitter and loved it. Oh, and, yeah, on the, the, the recursion meme version. I saw the recursion yes, one. Yes. So I, I retweeted that saying, my friend is both very intelligent and an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. As our local cultural expert, we'd like to very quickly summarize the Drake meme. Yeah, so it's, it's a, I believe it's from the video clip the music video, uh, Hotline Bling. Oh, wow, you've done... I'm, yeah, I'm getting a nod from Lauren, who is my oh, backup really? pop culture. Oh, she's confirmed that? Yeah. Excellent. Good, good, and, good. And uh, the meme is, it's a still of Drake holding his hands. It's almost in a dab type position. Wow. He's sort of looking away, like, oh, no, get away from oh, me. Oh, yeah, like a shun yeah, kind of it. Yeah, he's yeah, shunning. Yeah, yeah. He's shunning. And then the next frame is uh, him looking real happy. and And so people will... Next to the frame of him shunning, put a thing that they don't like. Yep. And then next to the one of him happy, put the the thing they do like. So and, if it's like normal digestives for the shun, but chocolate digestives. There you go. Like so it's happy, like another version yeah. of, of the, you shun this thing, but this mm. version is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone shared online a maths version of that where they had the values for the sine function at the top, which is like the trigonomic function. You put an angle in it, you get a value out. Yep. The details aren't important. And then underneath, they had another way of writing the same values. Right, right. And they'd rearrange them to make them look like they formed a pattern. So it look, they rearranged it, and the details aren't important. They had the square root of zero over two, the square root of one over two, the square root of two over two, the square right. root of a number so over looked, two. And so it looks really nice. neat. And the first version looks a bit disjoint. Mm -hmm. And and so they were like, oh, isn't this a great way to do it? And so I saw it and went, mm, no, but, but the problem is it looks like a nice pattern, but the pattern, there's no pattern there. It's just artificially been massaged to resemble a pattern. Well, that's a nice way of putting it. Did you and say that in the video as well? I did not, but I should have. Yeah, artificially massaged. Yeah, well. I, would, I would go there. You I would go, go to go an artificial, artificial massage? Mas masseuse. Yeah. Yeah. Get a robot. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so I got upset at this pattern because maths is all about finding and exploring patterns. Yeah. And this was just like a decoy pattern. It was like a phantom pattern. Yeah. And I was like, that's really upsetting. I don't like that. I then made a video where I basically dunked on this thing for like 10 minutes where I'm like, this is a stupid pattern. It's not a real pattern. And I both tore apart why the values could do that and why they exist and the kind of, if you, if you then... What if you take this too seriously and overanalyze it and see what happens? Yeah. And why are some other ways of looking at it and things that I've found that I think are, are variations on this mm. other thing? Because I always like to, I like to take things too seriously and add something of my own. What I didn't realize is that that fake, the, the faux atom. Yeah. Turns out people have been taught this as a memorization technique that's taught in some schools. But obviously in countries where I'm not familiar with the education system. So maybe like in the US. A lot of people had learned this at school from teachers they liked. They thought it was a good way to remember the values of sign. Mm -hmm. And then I come along and I'm basically just punching their favorite teacher in the face saying <laughs> that what they taught them is, is stupid. I would um, watch that video. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Parker punches. It's like a... Mrs. Ogden. Mrs. Ogden. <laughs> and right in the mush. It's like a very lazy remake of Punked. It's just yeah. Punched. Punched. <laughs> solely teachers if i'd realized that i would have made a bigger point which is a lot of maths because you have to pass exams comes down to just memorizing stuff mm. and so a lot of teachers are torn between 
wanting to teach students the actual beauty and wonder of mathematics versus here's some shortcuts, learn these, you'll pass your exams. Yeah. And this is one of those shortcuts, learn this. It will give you no insight into the maths, but it's easy to remember and you'll pass your exam. Mm. People just got very, very upset. And there's a thing in teaching, in secondary school teaching, where students will defend their primary school teachers to the death. Like if a student was taught something by their primary school teacher and then you contradict it in secondary school, they will get very upset because their teacher told them that. Mm. And it's true. It's the only yeah. way of doing it. I, yeah. I signed all over people's childhood. I upset the internet. Yeah. But the video was very funny because I filmed it in reverse order and I gradually well, we shaved. We back to the Drake thing. Well, by the end of the video, I dressed like Drake. Oh, okay. But the way right. I filmed it is I start off looking like Drake because I had a real beard mm-hmm. and Lucy styled it to look like the Drake meme. I did notice that it, you attempted to style it like it looked like Drake. Give it a go. And then I gradually shave off my Drake beard. So if you watch the video, the traditional way YouTube serves it up, yeah. it looks like I'm growing the beard to look more like. And so it was meant to be like me getting more and more obsessed with this stupid meme. It takes me over. And by the end of it, I'm in the meme. I am the meme. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted the meme. And that was, um, that's how I've been. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I thought we were on a problem. <laughs> yeah, no. This is... <laughs> well, I was going to say I um, – so we finished filming the Makeaway Takeaway block in the studio. Oh, yeah? Yep. We've still got um, location shooting to do. But all the studio stuff done. All the studio stuff done. Right. And so my brother, Mike, who we've, we had briefly on the, the T-shirt uh, yes. episode, his best friend, James, who I've known since he was about four, James got married earlier this year to Sophie, who is our professional dentist who gave us advice oh. on teeth tips and defining decades, I believe is the episode. Wow. It might be episode two. It was early. Yeah, real early on. And so they were in town for their honeymoon because ah. I couldn't make it out for their wedding. Yeah. But they were over here um, visiting other family and stuff for their honeymoon. And obviously it was very busy, but I was like, well, why don't you swing by the studio? And Come towards the end of the day, you can watch some of the filming and then we'll go get a pint. So uh, they did that. It was lovely. They got to watch me have bubbles put directly in my eyes and my and I breathed them in and I got soap in my lungs and I coughed and I complained the whole time. <laughs> I, I would have come across like a right diva. You are yeah, such I a, wanted such us a to talent. use shaving foam. They wanted to use real foam, real bubbles. That's very funny. And then my eyes started watering. And they got to hear all about it. And also, I was like, put it in my eyes. Like, I was very much like, I will take some of the blame as well. But the TV does, is repetitive. You've got to do the same thing over and over again because you something might mess up. And then you've got to wait for some other thing. Yeah, got to move cameras or be quiet. The lighting guy makes an imperceivable change. Yes. uh, Yeah, exactly. Or loads of stuff like that. And so I was a bit worried they might get bored. But I forgot that if you haven't been doing that for 12 hours a day, (laughs) then actually it's it's really nice. So they had a great time. In fact, I got, there's a photo of us on the set. So I'll I'll put a photo on on socials, on the Instagrams and the Twitters. But I was going to say is, we were talking about the little things that couples do, or it might be you and a housemate, but someone who you're oh, like, you're with ridiculous running jokes, very close with, very intimate with. Yeah, you have those running gags. Yeah, and so they play a game called uh, Tiny Emotions, where right. they they just pull a very very subtle slight facial expression, and the other has to guess what it specifically, oh, really? specifically is. Is it like right down to 
I wanted HP sauce, but they only had barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that 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 specific emotion. Yeah, are you doing it right now? I no, can't no, tell. No, 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 no. This is just my resting face. This yeah, it is. Your eyebrows slightly raised. I was like, oh no, 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 he's no. doing it right now. Because I was just thinking. You did, did it? Did was your slightly raised eyebrow? You thinking? That oh. that was me thinking. It'd be very funny to do the emotion. Now is not the time to play tiny emotions. Oh, nice. But then I was like, no, that's... No, no, it doesn't work on a podcast. This is a gift yeah. to the yeah, 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 yeah. to the audience. You, you can all play this. You can all play this home. When Gav and I go to sleep, I just before we go to sleep, I like to say bye. Yep. And then that's it. And then roll over, go to sleep. The other day, Lucy, my wife, was about to ask me... There was something, like something tedious that we had to do or whatever. And as I knew she was about to do it, I forget where I was, but I was able to just shout, bye, and then disappear. And she was like, don't you dare back me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah love it. I pulled it, pulled it back. You pulled it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I'm just infiltrating your whole life. Yep. Um, that's my catch up. The end. The end. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this first problem comes to Matt from Daniel. How many guesses can you do in Wordle before you have to repeat letters? Obviously, after five words, you'd have to, but is it possible to guess five actual words with five unique letters? Matt, I'm going to get you to explain that to me like you did with the, uh, with the segments. <laughs> oh, this stuff is great. Last time. This is really good. So, this is a, we have a lot of Wordle problems sent into us. Yeah. And so, Wordle's a game. It's a, game. It's a bit like a game I used to play as a kid called Mental Mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got to try and guess what the word is. And it's always a five-letter word. And so you, you start with no information. So you're like, it could be literally any five-letter word. Mm. And so you pick one, you type it in. It tells you if you got any letters correct. And it tells you if they're in the right place or not. And you get a number of guesses. And that gives you more information. You got to work out what the, the final one is. Now, Daniel's problem here is Wordle-inspired. Because it's not actually useful for Wordle. Because a lot of people are like, oh, can you? What's the strategy for Wordle? Blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. And we're neither, not here to help you game the system, no. guys. And neither is that. In, I don't play Wordle. Do you play Wordle? No. You what you're have. saying is if no one has played Wordle or they know what Wordle is, that doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They doesn't can still enjoy nah. this part nah. of the podcast. Exactly. This is Wordle inspired. Uh -huh. Not going to help you with Wordle, but it made Daniel think for Wordle, if you pick words that have five distinct letters, you maximize your chance of finding out the maximum number of letters that could be in the solution. Mm. Because if you pick a word with the same letter twice, you're, you're almost wasting your guess. Mm. You might learn where it is, but it's not that good. But then Daniel's like, well, hang on. Is it possible to choose five words such that they've all got different letters to each other? So there are 26 letters in the alphabet. Mm -hmm. So you could have five oh. words, each with five letters. Oh, yeah. And, and you'd have 25 different letters and one left over. Mm -hmm. So you get one for free that you can ignore. But can you find five words? The wild card letter. The wild card, yeah. Now, I had to think about it. Uh -huh. And I spent ones of minutes wondering if I could try and just work it out by thinking of words. Yeah, because my immediate thing is, okay, there's five vowels. So let's split them up. Oh, you're right, yeah. Because you... you'd typically want one vowel in each. You can have an average of one vowel per word. Yeah. That's going to limit your options. But you can't do plurals or anything. It, I might be able to say like uh, binds. Yeah, but then you can't do walks. Yeah. Because the S has already walked. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I spent like a, a minute or two basically doing this, thinking how would I work that out? I'm like, 
just check all the words. Yeah, sure. Why not? How many words are there? Great question, Beck. <laughs> so I have a uh, database of words uh-huh. that I use whenever I need all the words. So It's called a dictionary? <laughs> nah, nah. I want a big old text file. And it's very generous definition of words. If it is even remotely likely to be a word, it's in there. Right. Uh, so I'm just using normal alphabet, mm-hmm. the 26 letters. Mm-hmm. And there are 370,105 words. It's a lot. Because the idea is you use it, like if you're writing some code that has to check every word, and then later on you can decide if you want to exclude options. But Ooh, nice. to start with, it just you get absolutely everything. I then took those 370,105 words and just took out all the ones that only have five letters, mm-hmm. of which there are 15,920. Okay. Yeah. That's workable. Um, it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. It's not a lot either because if you think yeah. about it, if you could have any five letters, yeah, there are a lot of possible words. In fact, there's over 11 million possible words. Right. But as humans, we've decided most of them don't count. And there's no systematic way to know what's yeah, a word no and what's not. No one uses yeah. ooh. <laughs> not nearly Just enough. Five O's. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But they don't count it as a word. No. They should. No, they should. There's a lot of spare words out there is what I'm saying. Yeah, So cool. we use a tiny fraction of the possible words. Now, of those 15,920 words, a bunch of them have duplicate letters in them. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be part of the solution to this problem. Yep. You chuck them out. You're down to 10,175 words. That is actually, I thought loads more would go out. Yeah. No, not that many. A third of five-letter words um, have duplicate letters. Looks. Or more. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> That's, those, those are the two. And then, um, <laughs> but then I'm like, well, now I've got words that are anagrams of each other mm. that have the same letters. Mm-hmm. I don't need to double check the same letters twice because mm. if you've got one word with those letters, you don't need the yeah. other one. Satan and Santa. Exactly, exactly. So then I went through and took out all the duplicates and was left with 5,977. So that's down to about half. We're we're just under 6,000 words. So 5,000 of them, are we talking complete anagrams of each other? Yeah. Wow. So on average, give or take, if you're a five-letter word with different letters, you've got an average of one anagram. Hmm. That's a lot of overlap. So I'm like... 6,500 words that removing anagrams have five unique letters. The problem is now, how on earth do I check combinations of those? Like it's an outrageous number of combinations. Mm. So what I did was first of all, pair them up. So I compared every pair of possible words from those 6,000 and checked if they, between them had 10 unique letters or if they had overlaps. Mm. And so I ended up with a list of just over 3 million pairs of words They had 10 unique letters. Wait, what? (laughs) So if I had like short Uh and milky, Mm -hmm. okay, that's now a pair of words that don't have any letters in common and have 10 distinct letters between them. Uh I now know if I'm looking for five words that have 25 different letters, that's a possible start to one of those solutions, those two together. Got it, got it. So (laughs) you've got like, Roughly 5,000, 6,000 words. Yep. But you've got like million combinations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of combinations. Right. So you just went from being like, oh, maybe I can find out of these 6,000. Oh, no, now I have to. Oh, it gets way, and then it gets way worse again because now i gotta, I got to pair up all of those 3 million pairs with the other. Oh, no. I need pairs of pairs. 
Yeah. And if each of those, if there's no overlap, if I've now got oh. 20 unique letters, I've still got to compare those up with all of the 6,000 original words. I don't like this. I feel like there would have been an easier way to do this. Uh, nope. So I, so I basically, <laughs> I wrote that code and I set my laptop going for over a month. What? It just sat there. And this is a problem. If you're trying to solve all of these problems in combinatorics, you've got to be a little bit clever to, to whittle down the options, which is why I was in advice. Instead of just getting all the words and comparing groups of five, mm. I wanted to whittle it down at each step, which is why I removed all the duplicate words. Then I did pairs and removed all the pairs that didn't work. Yeah. And then did pairs of pairs and only the pairs of pairs that worked, I then would check the fifth word. But even then, so it's a lot. Is it? All right. So let me try and work out if my brain has understood this. Yep. It's kind of like, so let's say you had short and milky. Yes. So let's say you write short. Yep. And then you go milky and then you yep. list another word that has different letters to short and another word that has different yep. letters to short and, yep. that, and those are all your pairs. Yep. And then, okay, what's the next word that isn't in any of those ones? But instead of doing a next word, I yeah. would then compare it to all the pairs. Take short and milky and compare it to every other pair of words that don't have any letters in common. Oh. To see if between them, the, the pair of pairs has now 20 letters that are unique. How is that a better way of doing it than what I said? Way fewer options. Could you ever miss something? Because you might check a new word against short and milky and it has no letters in common, but it hasn't got any other pair word that would go with it. Oh, do you want me to give you some actual... Yeah, give me an, give me an example of three. Okay, let me give you a three. Uh, wick, W-H-I-C-K. Spung, S-P-U-N-G. That's a word. Love it. Barmy, B-A-R-M-Y. Okay, so let's say I've got those three. Yep. But then let's say there are no, there's nothing. Let's say all the words are used up after, like like there's no other words left yeah, over that, that, that don't that, cross yeah, over. Yeah. So for me, that would be a, all right. We don't do that. So let's yep, go to end. the next one. Yep. So we've got wick, spung, and then I would try it with a different, different word. Different word, yep. And then try and So that's how I would do it. I would yep. just go like. Too many options. Too many options. Too many. If you just checked all the combinations like that mm -hmm. and you start, you've already whittled it down to my roughly 6,000 words, mm -hmm. you just go through the combinations. If you could do a million of those per second, which is more I think than a computer can do, it would take you. 241,885 years. Wow. What I realized was I would need to find ways to prune options real early, mm -hmm. which is why before I even thought about doing groups of five words, I just found all the groups of two words that work. Because if it doesn't work in a group of two, it's not going to work in a group of five. Right, right. So you've just like halved it. <laughs> More than half. More than half because it's out of five. Not so four. many don't work. So many fall over at the second hurdle. Right. I can just throw them all out. Is the way I was thinking of doing it, is that any way similar to these are all the combinations that could be and now we're seeing which ones will actually let us get back to. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. To the yeah. initial ingredients. We're trying to work out yes. what the ingredients are uh, on the yes. menu. Or yeah. like what our choices but are on the menu. instead of. But there's a bunch of other choices there that won't work. But what I'm saying is if you're picking five things to see if they taste good together, mm. if two of them don't taste good together, you don't even have to worry about trying to pair them up with other stuff because it's already a bad combination. Yes. So you can show, you can forget that whole Got it. Whole family of meals can go. I see. You want to make a meal with five items. Mm -hmm. 
but they've all got to taste good together. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you try every pair of items and you only keep a list of pairs of food that taste good together. So I have a chocolate milkshake and some fries. You're like, that's great. It's yeah. in. Mm. But then you're like a cheeseburger and something that clashes with a oh, okay. carrot sticks. Exactly. That terrible. Gone. <laughs> but then, then you start looking at what if I had this pair and this pair to make a meal of four things? Would that still taste good all together? Mm. And then you th and then so then you only find the pairs of pairs that are good together. Yeah. And then once you got that, you do a final check for what could be the fifth item to complete the meal. Nice. And now you just got to check the original 6,000. That still took over a month of computing time. Wow. I potentially could wow. have been, there are probably other ways, but all I did was I kept making it more and more efficient and I'll do a little test run and then mm. I extrapolate how long would this take. Mm. And once I got it down to on the scale of months, I'm like, well, off you go. It'll just sit there now and, and tick away on the laptop. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm on board now. But I did it from scratch. Yeah, yeah, you did do it from scratch. And, and that's why it would have taken friggin' forever. I found 538 combinations of five words that have 25 unique letters. So you've answered the question. Well. Oh. This is where I need your help, Beck. Okay. 470 of those all contain the same word. And Ooh. like I said, I started with... Every possible word mm -hmm. to not rule out any options. Yeah. And 470 of my options contain the word F-L-D-X-T. That's a real word. Fluid extract is how it's pronounced. It's an abbreviation of That's not a word. Fluid That's an abbreviation. F-L-D-X-T. Why are you allowed abbreviations in I your list? I don't know. I just Did started with every... Your combination would have been so much quicker if you'd taken out abbreviations, man. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. Do you also fact, have... Yeah, yeah. Do you also have you, uh, uh, La Mafeo in there? Oh, I bet it's in there. Oh, yeah. They're all in there. Laughing on my... Uh, no, rolling I... on my ass. Ruffle, ruffle my... <laughs> Pretty sure. Ruffle copter. No, it's too long. Yeah. So I... Went through, I mean, you're right. I could have made my life a lot easier by not doing every single possible thing that's even Those remotely. Those aren't words, Matt. They're abbreviations. Yeah, I know. But if I take fluid extract and Google it now. No, but it's not about Google results. What is it? Is it in a dictionary? It's in a dictionary. Colin's dictionary. Fluxcant definition of meaning. Fluid extract. Oh, my goodness. There you are. For shame, Colin. Who's to say what's a word and what's not a word? Well, Colin's. Now everyone knows Apparently. where you can play in Scrabble and everyone will hate you. Well, I, this is why I didn't, I didn't narrow my search to start with. So if you, <laughs> if you include Fluxta, then there are 470 that yeah. use that. Yeah, the vast so, majority. Because and I don't think that's going to be showing up on Wordle. You're not wasting a vowel. No. You've got your X. Yep. You've got your F. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting rid of some big ticket letters in this one. Yeah, but you are losing the second most common letter in the alphabet. Yeah, T. T's mm. gone. Mm. But apparently it's worth it. So there's now 68 left that don't use fluid extract. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I show you the what I think are the least ridiculous word solutions? And you can tell me if you think they're, they're, they're valid. Yeah. And here's what I did. I took every single word mm -hmm. that was in all of my solutions, mm -hmm. wrote some bit of coding script to Google it, Nice. And to get the number of responses so I could rank all the words by how many pages Google ah, thinks they're on as okay. a measurement of how legitimate is this word. And how many of them are websites where people are just mashing their keyboards? <laughs> Probably a lot. I didn't, I didn't then look at where they came from. So do you want the highest ranked response? Uh, yeah, I do want to hear it. I'll give you the worst word first. 
Here it is. Vibex. V-I-B-E-X. Yeah, I could Vibex with that. Vibex. There you are. There yeah. you are. You I, could, I could go with that. Vibex? I would be annoyed because I don't use it, but it sounds like a word. Sounds like a word. Yeah. Glyph. As in hieroglyph? Yeah, G-L-Y-P-H. Yeah, absolutely. Good word, good word. Again, I'd be annoyed because it's not a common, but I'd be like, yeah, that's hey, a frankly, legit word. Yeah. Munts. M-U-N-T-Z. Munts. Isn't that a name? I think it is a name. I think it's a name, but so I think that's it's someone. That's the thing, Matt. If you go yeah. by Google results, are you getting it where it's just someone's no, surname? I think something was named after them. No, Munts Metal. Yeah, so they had a metal color named after them. What color is it? Uh, yellow. Instead of getting a gold prize. Beautiful months necklace. Prize. Yeah. Now, here you've got a choice. With those three, solid start, Uh I can say, you can now either go dwarf and jocks. Oh, so both like words that I might, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Or you can go fjord. Nice. Wax. W A C K S. Oh, yeah. Like someone takes a wax. Yeah. Actually, my original code gave me swack. But oh. then I realized, because I've taken out all the anagrams, and then I realized, but what if I've thrown out the anagram that's a more legitimate word oh, and yeah. kept, the, kept the dud <gasps> one? Does this mean some of these might end up having amagra- anagrams of words that are actually better? Nope, because I went you back. Checked. I found every single anagram no, for not. every single word in the solutions, Matt Googled all of those and picked the highest ranking word. Of course he did. Of every set of anagrams. You did a Dexter. I you did, did, did I dexter all this. the... Uh, which is, is the gold standard for new listeners, the month standard of a, 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 a um, someone's offspring who listens to the podcast and does things very thoroughly. Yes. Which I believe I have done here. So that came in quite high. And you can see I've, often there are words in common. So there's another one. Uh, okay, this one you're probably not going to like. It's got headquarters, H-D-Q-R-S. That's another abbreviation. Nope. Says, no. Do not no, like. They're gone. There's quite a few headquarters. Headquarters. Yeah. There's um, Z-H-M-U-D, Zmud. There's a bunch of them. No. Nah. Don't know what that is. No, if you're right. Wordle used that, uh, do you know what? The world would be on fire. Now, Wordle doesn't. That's not People about. People would throw no, their phones they would, they would, they would, they would, they would. Hitting, you know, pedestrians. So, <laughs> no, but actually, you made a good point here, right? Because I've got every single word and some of these you're not happy with. But the original problem had the criteria, Wordle. Sure, I've got my 538 options, of which 470 have fluid extract. These are all delicious, but would McDonald's sell them? See, th- thank you. Thank you for keep keeping the analogy on brand. Yeah. Um, so I then found the original version of Wordle before the New York Times bought them. And I think they've changed the code. If you looked in the code, people reverse engineered the code from Wordle. There are two massive lists of words in there. Huh. One is a list of all the answers in the order they appear. Whoa. So you've actually, if you can just look up what tomorrow's Wordle will be. Oh my goodness. I think the New York Times have since changed this. Yeah, right. But the original version, because it was just like some code a person put yeah. together. There's just the list every day. This is the word for this day, the word for this day. There's another big list of all the words that are acceptable guesses that it counts as words. Oh. And so if you combine those in Wordle, they recognize 12,972 five-letter words mm-hmm. that are either acceptable answers to the puzzle or acceptable guesses. So do any of them along. correlate? I then compared every single solution of mine against a list of Wordle words. 
and then counted how many of the words in my solutions appeared in the Wordle list. Five of them had none. Wow. 85 had one. Oh. 210 had two. Mm-hmm. 193 had three. Mm-hmm. 44 had four. Mm-hmm. Looking for a perfect match of all five? Yeah. One. <gasps> there is one. Oh, my goodness. There's exactly this one. This is big news. I could not believe it. When I ran the code and it spits back the single valid oh. Wordle authorized, it could not be better. That's a real month. And answer. Well, it is slightly better. Uh-huh. Fjord. <gasps> Fjord. Gux. Gux. G-U-C-K-S. Okay. As in, oh, I got some guck on this. Oh, I got some guck on that. These are different guck. So many different gucks are there. Gucks. <laughs> yeah. Nymph. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is biology and in and mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibex. Nice. Which we've already vibed with. Waltz. Ooh, this I is a dance. Oh, yeah, waltz. They are all valid Wordle words, according to the original version of Wordle. They are five, five-letter words, and between them, they have 25 letters. So that's... That is the sole solution to Daniel's problem. Five words, 25 letters, all different. Fjord, Gux, Nymph, Vibex. So there you are. One final solution. It just took over a month of computing time, plus all my programming and totally processing, analyzing time. Please turn this into a video. I've been working on this for a long time. I might make a video. Yes. You yeah. must do yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. And... I have to give you it. I'm going to give you a dings. I'm going to put an S on the end. So you got five letters. Five letters, all different. Dings. Dings. Thank you. Next problem in is from Jacob, who says they've been taking improv classes. And it's some of the most fun they've had in a long time. Oh, and Beck, you've done improv classes? I did. I did some. Uh, did an improv course at the, early this year. You enjoyed it? I loved it. I want to do more, but we've well, been busy filming. So Jacob has come to the right place with yes. their problem. Oh, yeah. Well, because the problem is they then say, however, oh, I found that while I enjoy doing structured short form scenes, I have a hard time making myself step out on stage in unstructured long form shows. Huh. Ah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I get caught up in my own head, which makes me hesitate for long enough that other people have already stepped out to do the scene. How do I get myself to do more scenes in shows and not get stuck in the back line? Jacob's problem, and you are uniquely qualified to deal with this. Yeah, well, I am somewhat qualified. No. Jacob is actually a higher level than me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there are levels? Yeah, yeah. What, what is this? Yeah, in the, Scientology? Yeah, we've... Uh, uh, Jacob uh, did mention uh, in another part of their submission that the background information they yep. are in level three, and I oh. have I've only done but level one. Oh wow! I'm a but a baby. You're merely a yes and. Jacob's a yes and and and. Yeah. That's how it works. Yep, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> 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 and so I, I mean, I could answer as someone who is used to you know, having to jump out and do stuff. There's no one more confident and prepared to share their expertise than someone who's just started to learn something <laughs> yeah. and has gotten, has mastered the level one. Yeah. Under the, you know what you've I You've got knowledge to share. 
Yeah, you can't see me right now, but I've just I've just put my foot up on the chair. Yeah, I'm you're leaning like, wow. on my knee. I remember when I was a level zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's from they don't start it with level zero. That's you're already level one I'm as a level soon zero. as you start. That's true, because you haven't started. You call started. all of us level zeros. It's like how the military say civvies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys are the zeros. <laughs> the zeros. So I thought, as much as I love to pretend I know everything. I was interested because I think that's a good question. I also enjoy doing short form scenes. You tend to do that more when you start out. Right. They don't get you doing the full massive long structure stuff until unstructured stuff until until you're uh, further down the track. Yeah, level level three apparently. So I haven't actually done that yet. Oh. So I wanted to know the answer as well. Oh. Now this is the thing. There might be people who are thinking, I don't do improv back. I have no interest in doing improv. Why would I care about the answer to this question? Yeah. Improv's a cult. Imagine someone thinking that and being polite enough to not say it. Yeah. They would just switch off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. here to say don't switch off because this type of thing also applies to a lot of other stuff in life. You could like, be in a different type of cult. If you're the sort of person. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want the leader to notice you. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you work in an office or anything with like a team of people, you don't step up with your ideas fast enough yep. or you find it hard to speak up when everyone else is so much louder, you know, those sorts of things. I think you could learn a lot from this and take it with you into those areas. That makes sense. It's the confidence and decision-making to share in a short time frame. Make a decision quick. Boom. Out. Yep. And that is a hard thing to do. I struggle with it. Oh, I think yeah. most people do. I often think, I wonder what Beck's thinking. Do you though? She hasn't voiced. You know that you know that I'm thinking about cheese. 100% oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's always cheese. The answer is you know always it. cheese. Always. So I, I thought, do you know what? I've got lots of very, very good improviser buddies, mm -hmm. and I said, here's here's uh, here's a question from one of our listeners. What would your advice be? And I thought it would be like you know when comedians when you ask comedians to do something, and you end up chasing all of them later. Yeah. For like one answer. Yep. Turns out improvisers, very used to yes and. Oh, what, you give them a setup? So not only did they pretty much all respond, uh -oh. but they all uh, gave me far longer than I asked for. And, um, <laughs> did you cast the net wide, assuming? Yeah, I did. You'd have to ask a lot of people to get a handful. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've done is I've, I've got some here. I'm going to play you the advice that I've had from these improvisers. So this is Alex Holland, who runs the Free Association. Oh which is kind of like, you know, Second City or the big ones in the Upright States. Upright Citizens Brigade. Brigade. Yeah. yeah, so it's the, that's kind of like London's version of right. one of those okay. things, yep. the Free Association. This is Alex who runs that. It sounds to me like you're obviously putting a lot of pressure on yourself when you're on stage. Um, I imagine you're worrying about things like, will the audience like me? Are they going to laugh at the things I'm doing? My advice to you is to say to yourself before you go on stage, it's fine if I'm not funny in the show tonight. Give yourself permission to not make anyone laugh in the show because that way you're stopping worrying about what the audience reaction is going to be and you're focusing on what's important. Your job is just to do good improv and that's done by listening to and connecting with your teammates and reacting in the moment to what's happening on stage. If you're worrying about the audience, then you're worrying and second-guessing all of your choices. But just try and focus in on them. Give yourself that permission to not have to try and be funny with everything you're doing on stage and just react in the moment to what's happening. And hopefully you'll just be jumping out more and doing all the good stuff you do in class. That's my policy for all of my shows. Give yourself permission not, not to be, be funny. funny. Yep, yep. But I think it's great advice. And it, it actually reminded me, and apologies, listeners, if I've talked about this before, but one of the exercises we did in the level one 
course that I got the most from was where we had to do a scene that was as realistic as possible. So the point wasn't to be funny. It was to be as natural as possible. Oh, okay. It was so counterintuitive to what I'm used to because I'm always, where's the gag? Where's the punchline? It was like myself and someone else and they're a cab driver dropping me off somewhere and it was just us having a conversation. But like trying to be true to that character and the scenes. And then after time you do start to find these funny moments that we didn't mean to or we didn't want to. It's just they were so inherent to the characters they felt right. And it was just a really nice way of going, mm. oh. And I think, yeah, again, if I was in a meeting or something and I was worried about, oh, will everyone like this idea? Will it work? I, uh, what if they don't like it? What if this? Then you're not thinking about actually what, how am I responding to what people need right now? I mean, I got the policy, they can't all be winners. My many mottos. Yes. They can't all be winners. Yeah. They can't all be months. They can't, yeah. They can't, you can't, you can't be, you know, solid, solid months. Yeah. <laughs> beginning to end. So I, I go about life with the motto, they can't all be winners. Statistically, it's impossible. And if you're not, if you're not messing it up and, and saying things that don't work, you're not trying enough. Well, so. with that in mind, this was another piece of advice from uh, the wonderful David Reed, who's in the Penny Dreadfuls. Oh, they're great. The audience isn't just watching you spontaneously create stuff. They are watching you fail sometimes as well. And there's merit to that too. Like that is entertaining. That's dangerous. In a way, they are watching you be brave. And your bravery isn't contingent on it going well. Stepping forward, not knowing what you're about to say, is brave whether what you say elicits a massive laugh or nothing at all. You've just got to push yourself and say, well, I don't need to know what I'm gonna say before I step forward. You step forward first. If you've got a fully formed line and idea of where, what's gonna happen next before you step forward, you're technically not doing improv. You're just writing live. I hope that's helpful. I think what I like about David's advice is that it echoes something that I often tell people who just started stand up, right? Which is that the audience, the audience is, wants you to do well. Oh yeah, yeah, they're like, on your side. Yeah, a lot of people say, "Oh, what if I get heckled, or what if this?" And that's so rare. Or most of the time, people just really they want paid to money do well. to enjoy themselves. Yeah. So, in whatever situation you're in, most people are on your side. Yeah. So I think that's worth bearing in mind. Well, I take from that is um, bravery isn't succeeding. Bravery is trying. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You've got to and, give it a go. And it is about the bravery. And again. Another what, one of my mottos, give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. And in a way, I think that matches up quite nicely with some advice I got from Rachel Paris, who's in mm. the MASH report with yeah. Nish, Nish Kumar. And she's in the improv troupe, Ostentatious. Which where, is Jane Austen novels. Yeah, improvised. It's very good. They tour, they've done West End. It is excellent. Yeah. And and she's great. Just stand-up comedian as well. Oh, and she's in Greece, by the way. She sent, oh, yeah. She's on that. holiday in I'm Greece and, and still took the time out to answer yeah. Jacob's question. But uh, uh, Rachel provided this advice. If you feel nervous about coming into an improv scene to be the first one on the stage, first of all, that makes so much sense. Of course it does. Um, you know, you're coming onto a blank space and... It can be nerve-wracking, but that's an exciting thing. The first thing I'd say is embrace your nerves. 
means that you're excited, means that you know that it matters. But mainly, I would say, when you're doing improv with other people, with one other person perhaps, that's such a gift. That's some of my favourite scenes is when both of you have absolutely nothing at the start. And you look into each other's eyes, you look at what the other person is doing with their body, with their fingers, where are they looking on stage, what's their expression, what does their hair look like? And take an idea from that and just build it together. You don't need an inspiring or funny idea to come up with. Some improv schools say you do. I disagree. I think coming on with nothing and finding it when you're up there in the spotlight, that's the gift. So trust your partner or trust the things around you to give you an idea. You don't need to come on with it. That's my advice. Do you get a lot of people asking if you still get nervous before shows? All the time. Yeah, everyone wants to know. They ask you? Yep. What's your, what do you say? My motto is, if you're not nervous, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you've ex- my theory is if you're not nervous, you've accepted you've got nothing to gain or lose. And for me, the nerves are like I know how well the show could go, could go absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. but it could just be fine. And the, my nerves are always because of the uncertainty of. And so I get not nervous awful. if I'm not you nervous. Don't, one of your things isn't that it could not even on terrible. the list. Nah, because I've already given myself permission to not be funny. And so True. yeah, I'm just gonna give it a go. Yeah, so I always think if, yeah, there's good, because you know what? Bad nerves are when the nerves impact your performance. Yes. Good nerves are where they remind you what can be gained or lost. And so I think if you're not nervous, then you've. I I think the problem is when you start to wonder what sort of nerves you've got. Like, because good nerves can turn into bad nerves if you let them. Using the office scenario, it might be that you are quite excited to share an idea that you've got. But then you start to get so worked up about that that you you can't physically say it because you're like uh, 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 you and you stumble such on an your event words. Out of it. And I yeah. do that all the time. And I think that's one thing is that could happen, and that's fine. You know what? I'm still here. <laughs> You've <laughs> made I've, it this far. <laughs> I've had more ideas taken than I've had you know not taken. Yeah. And especially more. What is it they say? You miss the shots. You don't. You you miss a million percent take. of the shots you don't take. Yeah. yeah. One piece of advice I have, if you're like me and get excess nerves, dance about, dance around a bit. I jump, the air. I literally jump on the spot. Yeah. Get, get rid of the energy. My um friend, Tamandra, her pre-show thing, she puts her hands in the air and yells, I don't know what I'm doing and runs around. I love that. It's so, and if people don't know she's about to do it, it's, it, that's it, great. It, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a lovely piece of advice. So I got one more piece of advice. For Jacob mm-hmm. from uh, another improviser extraordinaire, which is uh, Josie Lawrence, who's a very famous UK improviser, started off in Whose Line Is It Anyway in the late 90s. Yep. Uh, mid to late 90s. That's the month's standard for that is televised he improv. Even appeared on the American one. Oh. Yep. Mm. So Josie Lawrence uh, very kindly took the time out to also answer Jacob's question. Try and clear your mind and think, all right, I've done the structured short form pieces and uh, now I'm just going to throw myself into it. You're throwing yourself into that lake. You don't know how cold it's going to be. You don't know what's going to be in there, but you'll, you'll swim about and splash about and something will happen. Just free your mind and go with the flow. It's, it's going to be okay. 
So obviously the most common theme amongst a lot of the advice there was don't think. Just yeah. just put instead of standing there and getting caught. I know it's easy saying you're getting caught up in your head. The first thing you do, just take a step. Like physically step out because that's what you do in improv. Just you take no, you step out then. from the back line. Yeah. So if you don't want to get stuck in the back line, step out of the back line and then trust yourself to just come up with it on the spot. And you know what? Because you're working with a, you're working with other people. If you're not, if you're floundering, if you're stuck, if you're blanking, someone else is going to come in, and they're going to provide you with what you need because it's a team. It's a team effort. Likewise, in the office, if you don't have any good ideas, just start. To- That's what I do. I just start talking, Matt, yeah. all the time. We've, you know, we've talked about this. The verbal foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. I just make a noise. There's some verbal momentum going. Yeah, until the ideas come <laughs> out of my face. The best way to decide how to finish a sentence is to start the sentence. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I just want to thank all the improvisers who helped me solve that problem. So you can find uh, Alex Holland and the Free Association at the Free Association. We're going to put links in the show notes. David Reed has a play called Guy Fawkes coming out in York soon, around Guy Fawkes night. In Old York. Yes, as opposed to New York. Yeah. Rachel Paris is uh, all over the place in, in a good way. And Josie Lawrence is in the Comedy Store Players at the moment. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So thoroughly recommend that people go check those out. Between all of us. That is a good, uh, good transferable thing, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I hope that's helped not just improvisers, but everyone listening. We all have to improvise sometimes. Futon. <laughs> <laughs> APS is a problem squared and AOB is any other business. A. <laughs> OB. That's right. It's any other business where we deal with past problems from previous episodes. If with you have no. M- minor updates and corrections. Yes. If you have no idea what we're talking about, then um, go back and listen to the other episodes. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to kick it off, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so a few people came back to us and said that they think that the definition of high fives when the way they're defined yep. is the position of the fingertips. Oh. So when you high five, fingertips are touching. But if you low oh, five... Hands are matching orientations. Yeah, fingertips are touching, uh, facing the wrist. Yep. Uh, right? Disagree. Oh. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Tell me. On the side. Uh, yeah. That's what's, not what's a down low. There? No. But about fingertips are facing wrists. Let's, I'm just thinking the non, the horizontal up yeah. top. Let's not, let's not reopen the issue. No, but I just want to say, I mean, I appreciate you trying, guys. I know we make it look easier than it is. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was pretty confident on that one. No, I say that. Do you know what? If, whenever someone does send something that I might actually, that's correct. Yeah. I will. Uh, oh, we will acknowledge that. Yeah. Like, for example, Josh. Well, yeah. Went to the problem posing page mm-hmm. where you can also put in solutions and said regarding... If the moon was made of cheese and Dexter wanted to know, would there be fondue in the middle? Josh has pointed out the lunar core, because we couldn't be bothered to look it up, <laughs> is 1,330 degrees Celsius and 45,000 atmospheres of pressure. That's a lot. It's a lot. Now, in my wife's defense, who studies the sun, from her point of view, all other solar system bodies are dead rocks. Yeah, compared they're cold. To the sun. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. cold. She's like, that's still very cold compared to the almighty sun. Now, Josh did give a reference linked to a published paper with that information. Good work. They then say they're not sure 
what the cheese phase diagram would look like. That's where you plot for every combination of temperature and pressure, you mark which state. So cheese can be solid uh, or grated. And then <laughs> you then mark, or a plasma, uh, where all of those are. Yeah. And his point is the moon surface goes from very cold and no pressure mm -hmm. to in the very middle, hot enough to scorch vaporized cheese probably and, and high pressure. Mm. He's pretty sure somewhere on the way in, there's going to be the fondue. Yeah, absolutely. Shell. Yeah. yeah. So uh, great, fondue. great point. Great point, Josh. And I'm glad we could update everyone that if the moon was made of cheese, part of it would be at an appropriate fondue temperature, oh, if not pressure. You could sit around a crater like you're ice fishing. Yeah. And just put your breadsticks on a fishing main. That'd be great. Oh, great. That's great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And we're thanking you in advance for telling everyone you know how much you enjoy it and how they, they should, should listen, listen to it. Yeah. Exactly. But we'd also like to thank our Patreons who support us financially and ensure that this show can happen and that for those of you who are unable to support us financially are able to listen to it. And we like to randomly choose three people. We have a random thingy. It's a spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet. And it chooses three names that we then read out. It does. Yeah, which we tend to mispronounce. Well, I think I'm going to get the first one, right? Okay. Capital A, capital V. There's a space in between them. A, V. Elliot Salmon. Tim Small. Oh, my goodness. I think this might be the only time we've thanked Patreons. And we've, and we've got, got them all, uh, we hope. Yeah, no, now this is where they write back. Yeah, they're they're like, like, actually, it's actually, it's, it's Tim Samal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the T is silent. Yeah. I'm small. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this show is also brought to you by Matt Parker, hey. myself, Beck Hill, and the ever-patient producer, Lauren Armstrong-Carter, who is the face of the group. <laughs> Bringing it back to the analogy. <laughs> Nicely done. Oof, almost forgot the A-team thing there. Beck, yeah. we no longer have your card. No. It was bought for charity. Yes, and there was a bidding war. It was a bidding war. I was watching it. It ended up on two hilarious numbers. What was the first one? Well, the postage was £3.14 because I got to set that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not ending up on a hilarious number. No, that I is I picked you it, being I a picked smart it and it happened. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> the winning bid was £69. Yeah, it was. So well done. Woo! Well done. 69. The card is now in the post on its way to Singapore. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know what I love about that is that it means that someone set their upper limit on eBay. At 69 quid. 69 quid. Yeah. One, of your, one of your fans, I suspect. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> well, we appreciate it and so does WaterAid. <laughs>